Welcome to On Your Marks. My name is Peter and I'm the leader of St Mark's Church in Jersey. We want to pick the Bible apart and dig a little deeper into certain topics to help equip people for life as a disciple of Jesus. We add new content twice a month and hope you get a lot out of this. So if you're ready, let's go. Well, hello, Ray. Hi. Good to see you. Thank you. Lovely to, to be with you in your sitting room, and we're going to have a great chat through Genesis 2 today. Um, and welcome to everyone to the podcast. Um, we're doing an episode of Ray's Take. We're going to look at um, a passage of scripture and dig into it a bit deeper than we might do on a Sunday. So we're in the middle of a sermon series looking at identity and you know, created order and how and why we were created the way we were. And um, at the moment, so we're looking at Genesis 2 and the idea that we've been made free. So I'm going to start at verse 15 and um, I think read down to um, verse 18 and then we'll unpack it. So Genesis 2 verse 15. Um, I'm on the ESV, uh, English Standard Version, but whatever translation you've got is is fine. So let's open it up and go for it. So the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day you eat it, you are sure to die. Very short. Um, well, God's created. Uh, creation has come to a completion. Uh, just on created man, and God's first commandment um, is what what Adam Adam is allowed to do and not allowed to do. Um, it's interesting. I only realised very recently this is God's first commandment. Uh, people obviously usually think of the Ten Commandments in the first there, but this is actually chronologically the first commandment, isn't it? Yep. Um, yep. Which in itself, because there is a commandment, uh, a rule to follow, signifies a freedom that we have as created beings to choose to follow the rule or not follow the rule. It, it carries with it an, an obligation, certainly. Mm. And um, there is law and response to law um, and that becomes apparent so you've got to establish first the f- structure um, that is involved in terms of God's role and the created's role and the two are different they're in relationship but they are different and that has to be borne in mind I think because mm. we had to this is why we permit human beings to make a pig's ear of things um, because they are free to do so uh, and that freedom is inbuilt into the relationship I think mm. okay so you can't break the law until the law is established correct and, if and there is no law, there is nothing to no break. Law to it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, and that's interesting, isn't it? Like movies like Lord of the Flies, uh, mm. you know, the, the children have to establish 
you know, when they're marooned on the desert island, they establish rules in order to govern their group or whatever. Um, yep. And that's kind of inherent in all of us. Yes. Here's a question, and this one actually posed this to me on Sunday. So at this moment, there is only one rule for man to follow. Don't eat of the tree that I said don't eat of. Yep. So could... So therefore, am I right in saying man were, was incapable of sinning in any other way? Because pre-eating of the tree, man didn't have a knowledge of good and evil, and therefore the only way of sinning was doing that. It was, it was not in the capability of man to sin in any other way. No, I don't think you can say that because you're speculating. But could man have murdered? Because he didn't have a knowledge of good and evil at this point. No, in, in, in terms of he didn't have a knowledge of the evil of murder. Yes. That's what he had, what he lacked. Yes. Um, that doesn't mean to say he would have been real remained outside of that knowledge um, in the process, for instance. Um, and I think we're on dangerous ground if we start um, conjecturing in that sort of way. <laughs> How did I know you were probably going to say something about that, reading between the lines? But what, what, what this person was asking me, which I completely understand, is... Had the man, had mankind had, uh, had not eaten of the, of the tree, the fall wouldn't have happened? No, you can't say that because there, might, there could well have been another way. I mean, it, speculation is a waste of time. <laughs> it really is, because it doesn't prove anything whatsoever. Um, what it does prove is how devious mankind is. <laughs> I guess the, what is the purpose in... God had a created order. Yes. And us choosing to rebel shoved the chasm in that created order, which we call the fall, yeah. which then Jesus came to restore. Yeah. But had that not happened... Jesus came to restore something that man broke, which Adam broke. Mm -hmm. But had Adam not, I can see what you're saying. Actually, as I'm talking, you, you try and work out. <laughs> I'm going to leave you. What good is it to do? Because the reality is, I mean, okay. Do you take a literal view of the creation story? I'm comfortable with that. Okay. I'm, uh, <clears throat> I don't think it's so... Because God is a God of law and order, he will find a way to determine what is sinful and what is not. He will express this in one way or another. Mm. Um, and that continues to be the case yeah yeah so the literal interpretation of genesis is that 
It's seven literal days. One man, one woman, Adam, Eve. I, yes, that's, that, that is acceptable to me, mm. um, both intellectually and spiritually, but primarily spiritually. Mm. And we've got to remember that these opening books of the Bible are the spiritual foundation of a, a spiritual book. Yes. And they are, they are not a literal, necessarily literal. Yes. Um, book to translate in a practical way like that. So when we talk about eating of the tree, yes. do we necessarily have to take it as literal fruit or is it representative of a spiritual decision to depart from God? It to... can be either. Um, but it must include the decision to depart from God mm. it's an, because it's an alienation from God's law. Yeah. It's a, it's a definite decision to be alienated from God. Yes. It's a, yeah, that's, that absolutely... I see exactly what you're saying. that's what you've got to do. You look for the core. You look for the heart. Yeah. You, you look for the centre of what is being de determined and stipulated. Yeah. Um, and... you. you for you, um, that which detracts will be different from that which detracts for me. Yes. Um, and <coughs> you know, we, we have to un understand that. Mm. It's not the same. No. No. And I believe that's an intentional thing that they, um, we can understand before in different ways according to where we're at personally and mm. our walk with God um, because it, it's foolishness to try and compare different with different can't do that and the reality is the spiritual foundation the first few books of the Bible yep. is as true for me as it is for every human Correct. Me, I eat of that fruit. I yeah. choose to, yeah. you know, willfully and unwillingly engage in things that I shouldn't. Yep. And therefore, I'm I'm choosing to continue to, you know, yeah. perpetuate that thing. And I'm in just as much need of Jesus yeah. as everybody else. Okay. So to the question of free, this bugs a lot of people. Why? Why did God allow us to be free? Why because not? He, yeah, because we, we are allowed to be mature. We are allowed to mature in every area of life. And we are allowed to grow through our maturity. We don't, we, we don't grow evenly. We, um, we grow exponentially, probably. And it's, it's, otherwise we become like um, puppets on a string. We respond to a piece of string that do this, do that. Mm. Um, and rather than a free and creative being, we are created in the image of God. Now, what does that mean? That means we have all the potential that God has. 
in terms of relational things. And um, we have that same image. Okay, so to be made relational, to be made made free, we couldn't truly be made... Is this what you're saying? We couldn't truly be made to be relational if it's forced. No. So it has to be free, otherwise it's not love. Yes. And God is love, so we have to be made free. Yes. And then, if we are free, we are then free to do good or bad. We are free to respond in one way or the other, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people, their struggle is... If God is love, how come the world is so messed up? What do they want him to do to make us like puppets? Then? Well, you know, even things like say, earthquakes, viruses, you know, so natural disasters that, that potentially aren't of human causing, they're just natural, you know, things like cancer, whatever it is, disease, if God is love, how can he allow that to happen? Chicken and egg. Uh, what came first, sin or the breaking of sin? Ha ha ha! Hmm. And then you've got to decide. Yes. Where you are. Are we going to blame God for what human beings do, or are we going to blame human beings for what human beings do? Hmm. You've got to make a choice. Because my, my understanding and the way I reconcile that in my own head is if God is love and God has made all of creation free, all of creation, not just us, um, then all of creation is free, a virus, to adapt for better, for worse. And it, so there isn't, there, isn't, there isn't a morality that comes with a virus or a tsunami. There's no evil within that necessarily it's just a natural thing part of the process it's part of a process it's part of the freedom that is that the creation has been made in but but then we have to fully rest and hold on to the idea that to be made lovingly the only way to be made lovingly is to be made free yeah and that's it isn't it yeah so thinking to the design of creation being restored and the end times, mm-hmm. Jesus' return, no more suffering. The devil is vanquished. Yeah. There is n- going to be, in the new heaven, there will be no ability to sin. No. New heaven, new earth. No ability to sin. New heaven, new earth. That presupposes a desire for good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I can only assume that part of the preparation for that is to raise people's expectancy and educate people's understanding. Mm. Um, Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Mm. It's hard to imagine, really. Hard, impossible to imagine, yeah. because it's beyond our experience. Yeah. And outside of our experience, we have no ability to imagine. Yeah. 
So that's, uh, that's right at the heart of it. Yeah. Whether or not this bit uh, is relevant, we'll, I'll, I'll decide. We'll decide later. But I listened to a really fascinating podcast about near-death experiences, yeah. and um, I forget the guy. The guy who was doing the talk was a guy called Lee Strobel, who wrote the book *Case for Christ*. Anyway, there was a um, he was quoting a study that was cross-cultural, and I think it was a few thousand people. Um, who were interviewed, who had, who had had these so-called near-death experiences from all backgrounds. And the bit that fascinated me the most was that everyone's experience tallied up together. They were the same in that they felt what they saw white light, they felt warmth, and they saw a figure of a person. Yeah. That fascinates me. That's so encouraging, yeah. Yeah. isn't it? That somebody who's been grow- who's grown up in India or someone who's grown up in China or in South America, whatever, yeah. they've had near-death experiences and they all, they're unique is, is the idea of white and warmth and a person, maybe a man. Yeah. Jesus. Interesting. Interesting. I, I just, I find that so encouraging uh, yeah. as, a, as a thought of what heaven might feel like of warmth and love and light and you know the new Jerusalem there will be no need for a sun God's glory will give light to it like what? Yeah. It, it's, um, it's it's fascinating to be living on the brink yeah um, that's where I am I nearly died on Friday yeah um, and I was close um, I was uh, uh, what I'm assuming or wondering is will God make us specifically prepared for that transition from breathing mm. to being fit for glory and um, I can only assume some something which we're all missing happens. That's the exciting bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. hopeful. Yeah, it's, it's 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 the promise. Yeah, it's what has been assured to those who believe. Mm. Um, and we. I think believers need the assurance of that. Hmm. There's this wonderful picture in this song which um, my wife and I had on our wedding day. and I think I would like to have this at my funeral, (laughs) which is funny for me to think about, but I think I do. It's a song called I Can Only Imagine by Mercy Me, and it starts at this. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. Um... I can only imagine what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Will in all of you be will in all of you will I be still? Will I stand in your presence to my, to my knees will I fall? Will I sing Alleluia? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. Yeah. It's just this wonderful picture. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? You know, this is the promise and the hope we have. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, lovely. There was a hymn that you said was your favourite. What was it? I forget now. Is it Blessed Assurance? Blessed Assurance. Blessed Assurance. That was your favourite. Mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, lost in, washed in his blood. The gospel is all there. Mm. And the affirmation and the assurance is all there. My, my one's quite lovey-dovey and fluffy. Yours is theologically rooted. Absolutely. <laughs> it's S-O-U-N-D. It's S-O-U-N-D. I remember this. It's S-O-U-N-D. I know I am, I'm sure I am, I'm S-O-U-N-D. <laughs> Uh, does does Nicola know that Blessed Assurance needs to be sung? It well no, not her her argument would be that it's a fu- the funeral when it comes is for everybody else's sake. Those who are left. It's not for me. <laughs> I, I'm I'm in the choir. But Blessed Assurance sings of the hope that you have. Well, I mean to me it's all there. Yeah, so, I mean, there's no. But um, in terms of agreement, um, it's musical items that are appropriate for the, the grievers, really. Mm. Um, who knows? You have to get your six pennies in. That's right. <laughs> well, I can play this back and say. <laughs> He said it. Ah, oh, we probably should wrap this uh, this conversation up. Good, good chat about freedom. What do you think? Um, have you got any like, sort of fi- final thoughts as we think back over this conversation to leave listeners with? They've probably got their own things, but our primary freedom is to delight the heart of God. That's what we're free for. Great response. <laughs> Yeah. That slipped off the time, didn't need much contemplation there, eh? Yeah. To delight the heart of God. Amazing. Well, bless you, and see you next time. And I hope so. We do hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with your friends on social media. And please do get in touch with any suggestions or comments you may have. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.